So today we're talking to Jeremy Reigns. Uh, he's currently the VP of technology at Stilitics. Um, so yeah, I would love to focus the discussion on Stilitics. You are sponsoring Closures together uh, very generously. Uh, and I guess I would like to talk about you, how you're using Clojure, like what's going on in Stilitics. So how about we start with, uh, who's Jeremy? Uh, sure, yeah, I um, have been a programmer uh, since a few years after college, uh, I guess I'll start at about that level. Uh, so I was from, I'm from Georgia, um, mm -hmm. which is where I am right now visiting my parents for Thanksgiving. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm from Georgia, uh, and then worked for a brief stint as an IT auditor at PricewaterhouseCoopers mm -hmm. and, um, kind of took the 2008 crash <laughs> as an opportunity to, um, just try something different. And so I spent some time in Utah playing around a little bit at the ski slopes, um, but also learning um, Ruby on Rails, which was recommended to me uh, mm -hmm. by a friend. Uh, and yeah, it, it kind of, it stuck with me. Like I had been dabbling in programming since I was like 14, but never sort of crossed that threshold of like, oh, it's all clicking and I can put different things together and kind of do what I want instead of you know, whatever an assignment was or, or sort of a right. tutorial. Um, but rails was kind of a good breakthrough for me. Um, cause I had both like, I mean, it had nice, uh, ergonomics right. and it, um, you know, just also had a lot of opportunities at the time. It was like really hot at that time. So right. I was able to, um, catch on to a few, uh, like contract gigs and mm -hmm. got kind of got to start there. And then I, I finally got my first um, programming job in California in Santa Barbara, a company called Lesson Planet. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that was that was really nice. Santa Barbara was beautiful. Um, and the company was was really nice, too. Um, but I got the opportunity to join Stylytics and, you know, from pretty much uh, when I started working, I was browsing like hacker news and kind of like look looking in as an outsider about like startup culture and mm -hmm. opportunities and everything. So, so when I get the opportunity, I, I took it and it kind of came on faster than, <laughs> than I expected because, um, uh, I kind of joined the company with a CTO at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then he left kind of after a pretty short time. And so, um, yeah, I was kind of thrown into the deep end a little bit and, uh, and I guess we can get into to rest later and I'll, I'll stop sure. there for now. All right. I should, yeah, we'll get to the closure stuff. Right. So, enough. okay. So, and what is Stylytics? Okay. Yeah. So Stylytics was originally, uh, a virtual closet, uh, B2C app. So the plan was to be a free app that users could, you know, go to on the web uh, or use on their mobile phones to, track what they wore, uh, yeah, track the clothes and outfits that they were wearing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we would provide value by like giving them analytics about it as well as suggestions, like personalized suggestions mm -hmm. and, um, you know, monetizing the aggregated, the aggregated data, you know, on the, mm -hmm. on the back end at some later time. Right. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it worked pretty well for a while. Um, you know, things were, it was definitely an, an exciting startup experience. We did get to experience like ex, uh, exciting growth 
and, um, you know, funding and, but we got to a point where it was kind of like time to get the next level of funding. And we just weren't quite there on the growth story or the monetization story. We just started kind of grasping around for, you know, what could we do next? It's really, it's really a clean slate at this point. You know, there's, there's kind of not, uh, a lot of future for the business model as currently constructed. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, one thing that we had been playing around with was, um, can we automate the creation of, of these outfits and, and the images for them? So we have these like collage images for the outfits Mm -hmm. and we were trying to automate both the, you know, the composition of the, you know, the items in the outfit, as well as the, the aesthetic presentation of it. And, um, you know, we started kind of focusing on that idea and shopping it around to potential clients because, I mean, we did have like relationships with apparel businesses, retailers and brands, you know, but now it's just kind of, we're taking a different approach to the relationship saying, Hey, would you like to show this to your customers and help them to buy more of your own products? Mm -hmm. Um, so it's kind of like, uh, like an internal sales or cross-selling model where they will put our outfits on their page and, um, you know, hope, hope that the users will buy more, uh, and be inspired to, you know, come back more also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was the time we switched to closure. Um, mm-hmm. that was kind of a good, uh, kind of a, a bit of good fortune because at the time I was sort of getting into react and a little bit of functional programming via like some of the JavaScript libraries that were popular at the time, like, uh, you know, underscore and Lodash. Mm-hmm. And I was frustrated with the, the, the JavaScript frameworks that were kind of popular, like a backbone and some, uh, f- well, backbone was the one we used and it turned into a <laughs> pretty frightening mess to be honest. Yeah. So I was really excited about react and functional programming. And I came across David Nolan's talks, um, about, you know, how he found React and ClojureScript to be a really natural fit and his right. work on Ohm. And I thought that was great. And so I, I started trying it out, bought some books and started playing around with it. And, and it was just um, so much fun for me and like seemed like a good fit for both our front end and 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 back end because we had on the back end, you know, we're now now we're trying to do um this generation process. So, you know, that's evolved a lot over time, but, you know, in the, at least in the beginning, well, it still is, but in the beginning, even in the beginning, it was very compute heavy and the, the concurrency, um, story for closure was great. Mm. Right. Um, right. And that was something that, you know, had been kind of scary to me in the past. Right. And closure made it, uh, e- pretty easy, right. With the, facilities it provides for that right and what was the reason like why you decided to switch from so i believe the application the initial one was in rails and then you said well we need to either do a rewrite or what was the trigger that you start to look at closure in general yeah i think so uh it was a little bit of just fortuitous timing and 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 the intersection with my just personal interests at the time Mm -hmm. because i was like you know I did, I did. I never disliked Rails really, but it was at that point kind of that whole legacy feel where you're like, mm-hmm. 
I'm kind of tired of this. I'd like to try something new. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to keep going with this company and this is a great opportunity to right. try something new and kind of start from scratch. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there was, it was a little bit of a trend at the time. This was like 20, um, 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2015. And, um, you know, functional programming, I think was having a, a moment then a lot of people were trying out closure and Scala and Elixir, I think were like the big ones. Um, right. Maybe just Erlang at the time, but but anyway, I closure was the first time one I dug into uh, for those reasons I mentioned, mm-hmm. and I yeah liked it so much I didn't <laughs> I didn't kick the tires of any of the other ones. All right. Uh, so when it comes to closure, like what's the stack now, like at Stylitics? Yeah. So we use um, closure on the back end, closure script on the front end, mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of some of our. Uh, third-party JavaScript widgets that we put on the client sites um, because those are a bit more constrained in terms of the footprint, you know, that we can take up on their page, right? Because they're these are their product detail pages mm-hmm. um, or, you know, even their search pages or their home pages even where they really are focused on performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we need to have a good small footprint and... Um, yeah. So, but the, the majority of the code across the board is is closure and closure script, and then mm-hmm. the rest of the stack, um, we we kind of try to stay a little bit more, uh, kind of boring, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I, I there's an article back from some years ago called like "Use Boring Technology." It's mm-hmm. a good article, and and it, and I think it says something about like you know you you get some innovation tokens and you can spend them on a few things, but if you spend on, you know, if you, if you try the, the cool, like the, the hot, cool new thing on every aspect of your stack, you're asking for trouble. So, um, you know, we have like Postgres as the DB, we use Mm -hmm. Redis for various things, mainly caching. Um, and then we take advantage of a few cloud services, uh, GCP for object storage, image storage, and, Mm -hmm. Um, Cloudflare, yeah, we really like really like so. Them. Is the backend mainly like a REST API, or do you use GraphQL or anything like this? Or it's mostly REST ish, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. um, but we, we use, yeah, like we that. use, comp- yeah, right. Nobody did, nobody does it perfectly, but yeah, we um, we use Composure API, <laughs> um, and in a few places we moved to uh, write it, rate it, it, yeah, rate it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, we really like both of those, um, maybe leaning a bit towards the ladder for future just because of the, the front end, um, (laughs) aspect of it as well, as well as it's, I think for the same people as, as Molly, which is a nice, another nice tool that we, we like. Um, so yeah, the backend is, is, uh, Composure API. Uh, we spin up a lot of the like parts of the back end via integrant integrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's a really nice tool to glue things together and, um, right. Yeah. And, uh, on the front end. Yeah. On the front end, we, um, we use, uh, re, uh, reagent for the most part. We're starting to move some pieces to uh reframe mm-hmm. and, 
I think we'll continue in that direction. So we have we have a little bit of a a little bit of an odd front end architecture at the moment where um, we kind of have a hybrid of a single page app and a mm-hmm. multi page, right? So we have like our, our our front end is basically several different single page apps that when you go to the site, it's it's just sections of the site. Right. You wouldn't really know it, but you're going to different single page apps, mm-hmm. um, which was nice in some ways, especially constraining the growth of complexity. Um, but even with that level of separation, as we've continued to grow, they, we felt this need for it. Let's, let's standardize a little bit more, bring some mm-hmm. conventions further. Right. Uh, and that's why we're checking out a reframe. Right, right. There is no reason to like reinvent all of the stuff if Reframe provides some of the tools out of the box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess closure is used almost for everything what you're doing at Stylitics. Do you also uh, use uh, like Babashka for scripting or anything like this? Or yeah, lightly. Yeah, we have it. We actually do have it for a couple of scripts, like um, some developer environment setup uh, scripts, mm-hmm. and I. I'm excited to use it more because I think it's a great tool. I love, um, I love everything that, that Bork dude is, is working on. Um, mm-hmm. and so, um, you know, the, uh, yeah, cause there's like a piece of it that's in Babashka and it's really nice. And then there's a piece mm-hmm. that's in bash and I can't read it. Like I know some bash, but we have, um, you know, a guy who's like pretty, uh, pretty slick at it, but it's, mm-hmm very opaque to me <laughs> right right it's definitely like uh lowers the cognitive load if you don't have to switch so much and i think Gobashka is great mm-hmm. for those situations right um so how big is your how big is your team then how, how many of you yeah so we're about uh about 20 engineers mm-hmm. um yeah and we, we've got a few open roles on closure a couple closure ones as well mm-hmm. as um uh, a JS one. So our, on the JS side, I'll just briefly mention that we use uh, Svelte JS, which is is nice. And you mm-hmm. know, part of the reason we picked it, in addition to the small footprint uh, mm-hmm. requirement, is it's it's you know, if you squint, it's kind of like Reagent in that um, you know you've got your your state atom, or in the, in this case DB, and you can just kind of bang yeah. on that, and and the state will mostly take care of itself. Mm-hmm. So you're hiring for closure developers. Is this remote or this is specific to a country or? It's uh, yeah, the, the closure positions are, are remote. And um, I would say there's a mild um, bias towards, um, you know, that time zone, North, North, North America, South America time zones. Mm-hmm. But we have uh, we're totally happy to hire people in, in Europe and Asia as well for the right mm-hmm. right candidate. Um mm-hmm. In fact, we have members of our team now, like several in Europe and several uh, in in Asia. So mm-hmm. cool. So I guess we will put the link in the show notes below. So if someone wants to check it out, uh, they would definitely be able to do that. Um, and Great. how was how's your experience with hiring closure developers? Yeah, it's been really good. Um, you know, from the beginning, it, it it's it's good for a few reasons. I think you know, some of them have been mentioned by some of your previous guests. Um, uh, you know, people, especially outside of the closure community, they are a little bit scared of like, Oh, well it's small. Like it's not that big. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, one benefit of that is 
there's not too many different places to go to look for people. Like if you're doing the sort of, um, you know, you're kind of reaching out to people, um, you know, there's, you can, I guess I won't rattle them all off. So don't increase the competition, but it's obvious, right? It's like you right. probably could guess the five places we, we go to look for, for closure, um, yeah. devs. And so that's one benefit. Um, and another benefit is, you know, I, as is kind of well known in the community, most people come to it as a as a second or beyond second language. Mm-hmm. So it's a, there's a bit of self selection for, um, you know, this person probably likes closure for many of the same reasons that 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 we have. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a, some alignment there just from the get go. Uh, so you're also a sponsor of Closures Together, and what ha- like what was the trigger for the company to say, you know what, we we really want to like support the open source maintainers and like, you know, probably there's much more libraries that you're using apart from the ones we mentioned. Um, so where does, where did that start? When we started to grow and, you know, recognize that we're going to need to hire a lot more people kind of at a, at a faster pace than we had been. And we just started looking at other opportunities besides, um, you know, hiring a recruiting, recruiting firm uh, or mm-hmm. just, pasting the link all over for, um, you know, getting visibility in the community and, right. um, credibility. And so, you know, there's a little bit of self-interest in that respect, but also we use a lot of the tools provided by the people that, um, you know, that have gone through the program, mm-hmm. uh, I, probably almost too many to list, but I mean, you know, so many things that we use and rely on are are maintained and are created and maintained by these by these open source developers, and you know really want to support them because we want the ecosystem to be healthy, uh, both for our own sake, but also for you know just for the sake of the ecosystem because we like the people, we like the technology, right? Uh, we like the products of you know the other companies on the, on the sponsors list. I, I, I use some of them on a daily basis. Um, so, right. Yeah. Right. And, uh, so was this effort started by like internally developers? It was like your idea or where, where did that come from? Um, so I, I think it was originally not my idea. It was, um, is, uh, one of our other developers mm-hmm. was suggesting that we all like individually sponsor and, and mm-hmm. we did. And so, um, you know, there was a brief period of time, I forget how long, where, you know, it was like a handful of us just had like the individual level sponsorship right. contributions. And then I said, you know, we should just, we should just do this as a company. Um, mm-hmm. it'll be, it'll be worth it. And, um, and then it won't be out of our pockets either. And we can right. give more. And so, right. uh, so that was how that came together. Right. Were, were there any specific libraries that you felt like, oh, you know, I want to sponsor, like I want to go for the closures together because of this, this, and this library? Um, there's a lot for sure. I think the one that comes to mind first is Shadow mm-hmm. C, uh, Shadow CLJS. Yeah. Um, I mean, we love, we, we love FigWheel too. And, um, uh, but yeah, we, we used Shadow for a few things and it was a little bit in the early stages of kind of the adoption curve of that. And I think that was aligned with the time that, that, um, uh, is it, is it Tim? Is Thomas? It Tim? 
Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. Thomas. Uh, went Thomas through the program. Heller. Thomas Heller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we just loved it. So we wanted to support that. But there's there was a bunch more. It wasn't, I think it wasn't like strictly driven by that one, but that's just mm-hmm. the first that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, it's always like in closure, uh, we sort of, there is this kind of, um, I guess, approach that we prefer libraries over framework. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess maybe some by some called also like the cargo card. Uh, but uh, when you started to rewrite the application, were there mm-hmm. any moments where you felt like, you know, uh, well, this is like very difficult, this doesn't fit? Where, like, what were the, like, I don't know, some war stories, like some moments that you felt like, oh, you know, uh, this could have been better? Or like, I guess what mm-hmm. I'm trying to ask, like, where do you think the company could improve for like other companies to adopt closure? Yeah. Um, so... I think, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to give really concrete advice. I can just, but I can definitely say a few things from from my experience. Um, I did have a little bit of trouble at first, you know, going with the collection of libraries without mm-hmm. a, a really strong framework gluing it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean to sort of overlook the the frameworks that do exist because I've heard right. great things about about many of them, and I'll be excited to try some more of them. Uh, in the future. But, you know, from that very moment of, you know, when we just started, I was almost treating it like, yeah, I'm just going to build like rest endpoints and, you know, whatever tools I need to do for that, I'll sort of see if I want to do a framework later. And I I never, we never really did Mm -hmm. go to a framework. So, um, uh, I would say one part I struggled with was like the database story, like, uh, not having, active record, like an ORM. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, it, it was a bit of a crutch, right? I was never like, um, totally reliant on it. I always liked SQL. So I was kind of like, yeah, we'll just, you know, we'll use SQL. What do I need to do here? And it was a little bit, um, that was something that was like new to me at the time. Like, oh, I actually have to understand a little bit more about like the JDBC interface and, and how mm-hmm. the values are getting parsed and passed through. And like, big shout out to Sean Corfield because, um, yeah, I mean, his work on the database, uh, libraries, uh, closure Java JDBC and, and next, uh, JDBC next has been like instrumental, like mm-hmm. very thankful for him and his work on those and other tools. Um, so, okay. So beyond that, I would say, <laughs> uh, and this is subjective, right? Mm-hmm. Like sure. personally, I found that if I tried to lean into um, uh, like core async too much, mm-hmm. it became unwieldy for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it, maybe that just that model was not a natural fit for for me at least. Um, so backing out some of that, I think, was one of the sort of course corrections that we made. But um, I'm trying to think. What are some others? Um, well, the one I mentioned that we're making now, which is that, you know, growing the front end, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, adopting, like you can go a long way with reagent. We, we've come sure. a long way with, with just reagent. Um, but once, <laughs> once you're doing enough things on a page and that state atom becomes huge, then right. you, you probably want to like organize it a little better. Sure. Sort of like reframe yeah, yeah. type of system. 
Yeah, and I believe this is actually pretty similar when it comes to reframe. You also need to be a bit disciplined when you organize your uh, your application state because reframe doesn't give you, doesn't prescribe you any way to structure your data. So you might end up, you know, I don't know, having go through, I don't know, five, six maps to get to your value. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think this is where like the fulcrum ideas of like normalized database are coming into the front end and just helping a lot. And yeah, there is another framework actually by Thomas Heller uh, mm-hmm. the front end framework called Shadow Grove, uh, which is which is also uh, like this is Thomas wrote his own implementation or or, or VDOM, so it doesn't have any dependencies on React, so the bundle size is also tiny. So yeah, I'm, I just was reading about that the other day. I haven't played with it yet, but I'm, I was so excited to see that he took on that challenge because I've always wondered like, is it feasible? Like, is it and um, can we can we sort of decouple from React and like? Then and now, I would say, like, it's not that we necessarily uh, need to, but we're, you know, get React is, is moving in some different directions, I guess, and getting in, um, more sort of com- complicated on its own roadmap. And so it's really cool. It's really cool to see um, uh, Thomas taking on that challenge of, of doing a pure closure script. Um, yeah, Thomas Dom. is a uh, heck, heck of a man, I would say. Mm-hmm. coming up with all those tools and stuff. So, uh, And uh, when it comes to like uh, where all of the developers that you like either hired or they were in the team when you decided to switch to Clojure, were they all already like converted on Clojure or did you have any, like how how did you like approach? Because like some people say, oh, you know, I want to stay and be in Rails developer or, you know, or what have you. How did mm-hmm. you approach this topic? Well, um, <clears throat> so... At that pivot time, it was down just to me. So when we started hiring, yeah, we were hiring mm-hmm. closure uh, devs. Yeah. Um, so everybody up until recently started with some closure experience. More recently, yeah. we have hired some people and said, like, hey, if you're interested, uh, we'll tra- we, you know, we'll train you. Yeah, And that's really early stages. Um, I hope to, like, expand that sort of openness to that in, in, as, we, as we grow more. Because mm-hmm. uh, I know that other companies that have gotten kind of to our size and, and much, much bigger. That's what they kind of have to do eventually. Right. Um, so I do always, uh, I really value, one thing I value in hiring generally is, is like a willingness and excitement to teach um, and mentor because I just think, you know, that it, it's a skill like that signals a bunch of other skills from mm-hmm. learning yourself to um, probably like, being a good communicator via asynchronous tools, writing. Um, so, yeah, just right. a brief tangent mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, will there be anything like, uh, well, are there any things like maybe in stylistics that you also look forward maybe to like open sourcing anything that you're working on? I'm actually wondering like what's happening like behind? Is your application more focused on like REST API and, you know, or is it more on, uh, some kind of data transformation or maybe using some data science and how does like all of that come together in Stylitics? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, yeah, we do have some, you know, uh, robust things going on behind the scenes. It, 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 behind the REST API, there is uh, an engine for the generation of these outfits mm-hmm. and we have to do that at quite big scale now uh, and in a very like observable way 
and also subject to a lot of distinctions between the different clients, right? So obviously just from a style perspective, you know, your shopper at brand A is going to, you know, could be very, very different than the shopper at, you know, brand B. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even beyond just the aesthetic preferences and, and uh, like leanings of that target mm-hmm. audience, um, then there are specific rules that have to get implemented. Um, like, let's say you got a multi-brand retailer and mm-hmm. they may say something like, you cannot ever pair Nike stuff with Adidas stuff because the brands don't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the cool things that we have um, internally is uh, an in-house rules engine. It, it, I'm speaking slightly loosely here when I say rules engine. It's it's not mm-hmm. necessarily like um, uh, some of the, like yeah, like the strict sense of a rules engine, but it, it's a means of writing custom rules that filter down the search space of uh, possible outfits for a specific client. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about it is we, it's implemented in Clojure and it also exposes a DSL in uh, a, a Clojure-like DSL. Mm-hmm. So we actually have stylists in our platform writing like S, X, S expressions mm-hmm. um, to like control the behavior of our, of our automation system. Um, a lot, we use a lot of um, uh, search internal to the implementation of this thing. Uh, we use Solar, um, mm-hmm. and we have a wrapper around that, which, um, it, I mean, it's a lightweight wrapper, but I, th- I think that's one thing we have open source. But to go back to your original question, I do think we'd like to open source some different tools in the future. Um, I have a couple in mind, but... I wouldn't say they're necessarily imminent, but but maybe also we could give some talks. Uh, I hope I hope we can, um, you know, submit some talks about some of these things, particularly like the rules engine and the um, some yeah. aspects of the automation. Yeah, sounds good. I think there will be a lot of like, there will be definitely interest in the community to like see how different companies do stuff. So, yeah, um, would there be anything else about Stylytics you want to talk about? Do you feel like it's worth to mention when it comes to like closure or any general advice, you know? So one is kind of to uh, just restate the, the like very common advice to new developers of, of like read the code. Uh, mm-hmm. But especially in Clojure, I think it's a lot of these libraries lean, uh, you know, um, a lot of these libraries are very amenable to that, right? Because there's this philosophy of small libraries and they don't necessarily change all the time or like super frequently. Um, it's, it's a good way to learn is just, you know, just dive into the source and, and read it. And, and you'll, you know, there'll be some things you don't understand, but, um, I feel like it's like more tractable than some other languages. Another thing I did, which is a little odd, but I found it quite effective when I was learning the language was, um, I used um, uh, Anki or Anki, <laughs> the the like spaced repetition right uh, app flashcard te- right. technique. Yeah, I, I just like memorized the 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 names the seek namespace and a, f- a couple other like key ones, mm-hmm. and I mean that really got me up to speed quick because uh, mm-hmm. you know the, 
yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. when, when you have that a little bit like at hand, um, you know, you can, you can start to focus on more higher level problems. Right. right. Yeah. And I, and I think this is also very interesting for closure because like in most of the other ecosystems, you end up learning like the APIs of frameworks. Where here mm-hmm. normally when you talk to someone, yeah, just learn the core library. There is more there than you probably ever need. Mm-hmm. And like there is more functions that actually can solve most of your problems. So, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting when I, when I talk to people for hiring that I will sometimes ask like, you know, uh, what, what are your some of the favorite things about Clojure? Uh, and then I'll, I'll prompt them a little bit and I'll say like, you know, tools, techniques, whatnot. And a lot of them ne- don't even mention third-party libraries you know some do obviously because there's some there's some cool ones that um, people are excited to, mm-hmm. to use and kind of evangelize and stake their flag on in an interview right but mm-hmm. a, a lot of times people just talk about the REPL driven development and uh, the immutable data structures and and the core like how much the core um, mm-hmm. feature set you know does for you or okay. offers to you yeah. uh, cool uh, will there be anything else um, no, I think that, uh, that feels about right. Yeah. Cool. So I guess if you're interested in Stylytics, uh, check out the website. This is stylytics.com, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will put the link in the show notes so people can also check it out. And yeah, thanks for taking the time and uh, talking about closure. Oh, very good. Thank you again, too. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, consider supporting it by rating it on your platform and telling others about it. You can also support it directly by buying subscription at closure.stream or sponsoring it on GitHub sponsors. All the details in the show notes below.